Hey y'all, welcome back to a Tuesday, July 26, 2022 edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast presented by Blue Wire Pods. Go check out all the great shows all across bluewirepods.com. Like Stay Hot with Theo Ash and company over on the Blue Wire Pod Network. They cover a lot of NFL, but they cover sports as a whole too. So it's a great program uh, right here on the Blue Wire Pod Network. Go check them out, stay hot, subscribe, and check them out today because guess what? Theo Ash, crossover, Blue Wire crossover here on a Tuesday edition of the program. He makes his uh, first appearance here on the program. Um, So I appreciate Theo stopping by to talk with Evan Swords of 49ers Hub and myself to talk all things NFL. Uh, We talked about Jimmy Garoppolo. We talked about the Kyler contract stuff, the study hall, um, the throwback uniforms and helmets that are all all across uh, the NFL at the moment and ranking which ones we like, which ones we just don't like as much. Uh, and the Patriots not naming uh, coordinators on both sides of the ball, and then uh, NFL Plus and where the streaming services are going in terms of the NFL and what that all looks like and uh, Game Pass moving away and all that good stuff. So it was a lot of fun being able to talk ball with uh, Theo and Evan here on the Tuesday edition of the Chase Most Podcast. Uh, don't forget, folks, you can check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash chase them's podcast like and subscribe check us out today over there um also read me sports renaissance man dot substack dot com type in your email become a subscriber right there today that easy that simple just type in your email um and get all of my sports writing all in one place sports renaissance man dot substack dot com you can email this very program uh for any mailbag questions anything you would like for us to answer on the show chase them's podcast at gmail.com don't forget folks you can also follow me on twitter tweet at me chase double underscore thomas and like the facebook page at facebook.com slash chase thomas writer all right uncle darren let's go chase thomas pod the chase thomas podcast um my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it all right hello and welcome back to a monday night edition here on the chase thomas podcast Theo Ash, a first-timer in the house from Stay Hot, the fantastic Blue Wire pod over that you can go check out over on Blue Wire Pods. Theo, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm like I was talking to you about before the show. I've just been helping my friends from this apartment complex and myself move out of here. Uh, so it's kind of the end of an era. My, my apartment's in a little bit of a disarray here. I'm sure mm. a lot of people are used to more stuff behind me who's seen any of my work before, but now I just got the big Joy Division poster back there. There you so go. It feels kind of it feels kind of barren in here and and empty, and I'm just kind of like, you know, moving through, moving, moving, ending this chapter, and uh, moving to Flagstaff here in a couple of weeks. So uh, yeah, that's that's how I'm, that's how I've been. That's my life story right now. Flagstaff is dope. First off, that's a it's a cool little place to be. I gotta say, it's gotta be interesting to do TikTok as much as you do and as successfully as you do, which by the way, your TikToks are awesome. I, that's where I knew of you from long before even Twitter. So I thought that was cool, but I can't imagine like obviously doing podcasts or YouTube, whatever that, but like to be recording yourself in such an intimate setting so much and then to move mm. and then to no longer be in that system and setting and comfort zone that you have must be yeah, like jarring it's the backdrop really it's i mean yeah. it's just that wall it's like been, been behind me i've see i see it when i'm facing that way and this way all the time right. so it's like it's the only thing i ever look at and now it's going to be different and it's going to change and 
maybe I'll maybe I'll put up all the same posters again. Maybe I'll get different ones. But yeah, no, I I am used to seeing my own image with all of that stuff in the background. So it's just it's it's jarring. It's like a part of me. A part of me is gone even. So right. yeah. Yeah. But it's exciting too because you can restart your whole like you you have the opportunity very soon to uh, rebuild your room and rebuild the the office setting and really design it the way you want to design it for video. It's that's I know, a fun time. When I first I first moved in when I first moved in here I didn't even have the the TikTok or anything so I didn't I didn't design it to be any kind of like aesthetic mm-hmm. way. So now I'm I definitely am excited to get to a new place and with like my job in mind to kind of set up the room. So. Well, how did that work for you? Because I, I don't know how familiar I, I know Evan has been a fan of yours and uh, watched your stuff for years now. Um, I was not as familiar. So I'm not a TikToker. That was not like stay hot when you joined the Blue Wire Network. That was when I was first introduced to your work. How did what is Theo, your story? Chase is the only 65 year old man that can't grow a beard. <laughs> like literally he's the only one. He is this, well, a, a young 65, but 65. In about a less. decade, I'm probably going to join him a pretty shortly. This is about as big as my that's a lot more than Thea. that's a lot more than what i can do right here like this, this little thing i got going right here that's it there's nothing there's no population here there's no population here it's just there's nothing really going on i have a little bit of a goatee and that's about it before the show i tried to guess how old he was and my initial number that came to mind was 25 <laughs> oh so. you look yeah he no he looks 23 to 25 but <laughs> mentally I'm like 70, like 70 years old. I mean, like him and Matlock, you yeah. know, I think I think they went to high school together. Like, <laughs> Hold on. We don't have to throw shade at my man, uh, Benjamin Matlock, the best attorney in Atlanta uh, yeah, history. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, mm-hmm. to, to the whole point of it, though, there was no world in which Chase would ever know about anyone from TikTok. And I think that's actually <laughs> really, really interesting, though, because we talk to some cool people, but like. You know, it is a medium that maybe escapes uh, Chase a little bit. You want to talk, if you don't mind, just for my own entertainment, because oh, yeah. I love TikTok. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about like the the mentality of going? Okay, I want to I want to just talk about football. To oh, mm-hmm. this is starting to actually be something that I have to take seriously, and all the above. Well, I looked down on that app for a long time because my right. sisters had it when I when it was musically, and they were just doing the dances and like lip syncing like Melanie Martinez songs, and I'm like, this is so stupid, and yeah. I hate this app, and I'll never download it. <laughs> and then I was in a class with the author Jeff Perlman. He wrote mm-hmm. a book on if you guys are yeah. familiar with him. He just wrote a book on the Lakers, and I actually the program been on the show. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. So he was. He was talking to our class because he was friends with the professor and he was like, if you're going to be make it in this industry, you need to be on every platform you can possibly be on. And I was like, fine, I'll, I'll go on TikTok and I'll start giving sports takes there because I had Twitter, but it's, it's so hard to grow a platform on Twitter and you can it tweet is. to the abyss for a long time and no one will ever see it. So, but TikTok's got the for you page and the algorithm. And when I joined TikTok, there was, there was nobody talking sports. I mean, not nobody, Matt and Bladen were a little bit, but like no one that was giving any kind of film breakdown, no one that was giving any kind of like in-depth analysis or any kind of sports take involving EPA or DVOA or it was basically just like a little kid standing or like sitting there with like lights flashing that said like Allen greater than sign Mahomes. And they would just (laughs) like stare at the camera blankly. while that like, (laughs) yeah, like like flashed above them. It would no nuance or like that's what sports dialogue was for the most part. 
so then when I joined and I was talking about like I was talking about um I, I my one of my first videos was have you ever heard the Larry Fitzgerald has more tackles than drops stat? I have. Yes, that stat is like not true. And I made a video about that. And then I made some videos about like, because Michael Thomas was was branded as like slant boy. Yeah. And on TikTok, everybody was making fun of him. So I kind of came to his defense. And then I started doing film reviews on like Calvin Ridley's route running. And I didn't know shit about how to (laughs) how to do a film review. But uh, I tried. And then um, that got really popular right away. And I kind of built that that fan base right away and then like as i started building that and getting views and then people wanted more film reviews of players i kind of realized like how little i knew about giving fair film reviews and like what roles you know like I didn't even if someone was like what does it mean when a linebacker scrapes i'd be like i don't know so that's like I, I don't know anything and then i kind of had to like get get that knowledge built up and i think like the audience has kind of learned as i've learned like how to how to watch film and kind of well, how did you do that? that? What did time. you What did you turn to? What did you get? Like, Coach, what, what was your study hall? My study hall coaching clinics are pretty good. I think like just following a, the the many smart people on Twitter who know what they're talking about. Like, I, I like the Athletic Podcast a lot, and and Nate Tice, and and like Sethalina from PFF, mm-hmm. and and the Too High when that was still going. Like, w- listening to people who know what they're talking about, and then kind of being like. Oh, these are what they're looking for. I'm gonna try to look for the same things in 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 other places and like not copying them, but just kind of like learning what you know people older than me and who have been around the game and who have coached like the way they watch things, and then trying to like emulate that as closely as possible. Reading books um, about scheme and whatnot that that's helped. That's helped, I think, the most. And just watching it and just kind of like the more you watch it, the more you start to realize like there are patterns here and they're moving in a certain way for a reason and uh just there's a lot of resources on twitter that i looked at basically and and have tried to you know glean information as much information from people who've been there before as possible yeah it's not really it's not copying it's like every scout it's like there's different areas of scouts like scouts watch the same stuff and they learn from the same people and then you have your own takes and your own personal preferences and what you personally look for but you have to start somewhere it's just in school and everything else you're still reading books from other people and then uh that's where writing comes from how do you how do you start writing well it's because you read a lot of other people's work and you're like oh i want to do that too and then yeah i think of all things like breaking down film and analyzing film that's the one thing in in the entire sport of football where like you don't get to gatekeep because Mm. i mean as as a giant nerd myself like it's total like it's just a nerd world where it's like most of yes. them, most I of the people yes. like, they don't play football they never played football so it's like you can't gatekeep you being the one that decided to start watching YouTube videos and trying to understand it better like that's that's something that everybody gets to like to do if that's what they want to right I just had this conversation honestly about like the general personality of like a fantasy person. <laughs> on like twitter versus the general personality of like a film person and how much like more (laughs) less combative or like like just the kind of the personality difference because one is competitive and one is like hey we're all in over our heads and let's just try to like figure this out together and then one is like i've got i've got knowledge and i've got to win my league and i'm just like i i always thought I, i was literally thinking about that the other day it's like how 
how the film community is for the most part, you yeah, know, pretty helpful when it comes to like answering questions and and to like helping other people up and all of that. Well, I also think it's the most terrifying way of going about this because if you're wrong, you got to really put yourself out there for film study. Like that's yeah. like an expertise where if you write a bad column, it's like, all right, I messed up, whatever. This will blow over in 12 hours. You spend a lot of time. There's just a lot more work that goes into film study. There's a lot more um, expectations, I think, on film study where yeah. they're going in for education and you better be, <laughs> you better know what you're talking about because you're going to get destroyed by people if you don't. And it's not the same for writing a column or writing a, a game, a post game <laughs> recap or anything like that. There is nothing yeah. that scares me more than writing an NF, a, like a film study column. I still I, have never done one. I will yeah. review stuff and I will like write about a little bit of it. But doing a film study video or a film study article scares me to no end because I just don't know if I'll ever feel that smart or that comfortable enough to put myself out there at that level. And that's, 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 why, what that's, I, why TikTok is, that's why TikTok is nice because there's not yeah. that many people who know film. That's not that yeah. That <laughs> You're cornering the hobby. Yeah, like, it's literally like I just got done watching dog videos and Marvel mm-hmm. news and then just so happened like, oh, this is a breakdown of like, you know, yeah. You're not going to uh, have was, Nate Tice just roading through your TikTok, yeah. your NFL film study TikTok. And the yeah, other I, thing, like I was so terrified. I made a film study on on Tyron Matthew, and he's mm. very active on Twitter. And I'm like, I got to get on my <laughs> – I cannot screw this up. Otherwise, he is going to like quote tweet me and call me an idiot because mm-hmm. um, I said that he wasn't always giving like maximum effort. And there were times where he would just like kind of give up on plays and like – I, I tweeted that and he blocked me, but he didn't say it. He didn't say anything to me correcting me. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> like I can't have been that wrong. Maybe then, but uh, yeah, struck no, a nerve. Like, was this yeah, last year? This was this year. This was a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, I meant for like video. last season. So this was for this past season. Oh yeah. For the past season when he was on okay. the chiefs, I think there were definitely times where he was jogging or he was, you know, not really making a business decision. He was making a business decision when it came to like making a hit. And uh, Hmm. he was always kind of throwing his hands up and yelling at his teammates when, when he would be kind of the one also not picture perfect. Uh, So I think there was some frustration with him this year. And I think that kind of was the reason why he was unsigned for so, so long. But I think now that he's in new Orleans, which is kind of his hometown and a new situation, I think he'll, to kind of pick it back up and be a, a really good safety again. But I definitely think there were times uh, last year where he was kind of lollygagging a bit <laughs> and uh, throwing his hands up like he was 100% on Daniel Sorensen when it was only uh, 95% on Daniel Sorensen. I think it's yeah. just more fun to to hate on it, Daniel Sorensen. It was just one of those. There's Once you have that image where everyone just collectively is like, oh, this is a weak spot for the Chiefs. And you're just like, somehow everything is Daniel Sorensen's fault. Where you're like, they need to upgrade here. And it's just, it's just an easy guy to attack there. Um, how did your... I'm just curious too, because this was not my journalism experience. It was just that like, I, I always just wanted to, to write. And then uh, that was not something you could just do anymore would just write. You had to evolve in sports media. And um, I'm obviously a lot, <laughs> a lot before your time, Theo, but uh, Evan and myself, both uh, different decades. Uh, that's where we'll leave it. But I'm curious oh, yeah. with, with you at, 
Oh, yeah. Uh, with you at Arizona State, though, one of the biggest journalism programs in the country, like they just put out all kinds of people at Cronkite. Like you just you should assume MLB.com is always employing like two thirds uh, Cronkite grads. I've oh, learned the baseball, the baseball demographic. At yes. I thought baseball was a dying sport until I went to Cronkite and every kid there wants. That's interesting that you mentioned that, especially in the MLB circles, there's a lot of Cronkite people there. But... There is. And people think, yeah. I think I'm joking. Just go to the MLB.com author page and it's just so many of these people. It's, it's interesting okay yeah. i don't know why that is but it is um but in terms of like did you get pushback from classmates and like from professors or anything like that or of like is this the way you want to go because like tiktok is obviously not, not something they can teach they're not uh this was a new thing and this is a new way of establishing a career in sports media so it's just you're kind of going off the beaten path and doing your own thing was there any was there any kind of pushback uh on, i think there yeah I think there could have been. I think it was kind of a side hustle that administration didn't really know much about. And, mm-hmm. and they weren't, you know, watching my stuff or reviewing my stuff at all. It was kind of on my own time. But I broke Cronkite's social media policies every single day, every <laughs> single day. Like, because a bunch of 50-year-olds made the social media policies for Cronkite, right? A mm-hmm. bunch of the professors did. And they're like, no joking around. You cannot mm-hmm. know trying to be sarcastic because people in news, you may not know, like, when someone's kidding and when someone's not. So you have to be completely serious all the time, which I am not. And they're Mm. like, no showing bias towards a certain team or political party or, So they're old, old old school. Old, Mm. old, old school. So they're like, you need to be having like three hashtags per tweet. You need to not, (laughs) which like people don't really do anymore. Um, That's not even how Twitter works. Yeah, No, that's not even how Twitter works. That's how you get an unfollow, really. Like uh, I see three hashtags in your tweet. We were not meant to follow each other. Yeah, exactly. So I think that they did not really, they didn't frown upon it or they didn't really say much because I think like they just kind of watched me. I don't even know if they were aware of what I was doing on Twitter (laughs) because I kind of with like, but no, if they would have like really taken a look at my any tweet from any given day, they could have been like, oh, this is not completely objective and unbiased. Oh, mm. this might go over some people's heads. And sports journalism and like normal journalism are, are pretty different and, and the standards are a little bit different. But still, um, I, I, I didn't get any pushback from them, but I also didn't quite follow their advice is what I would say. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's that was kind of my experience. I thought a lot of like what was good about the the journalism school and, and Cronkite from my experience was, well, some of the, the people I talked to, like Jeff Perlman, who inspired me to make the TikTok account in the first place. And, mm. um, you know, the the resources that they had with the, the like editing bays where I, I got to try my hand at some some things. And um, some of the people I met, like Cole Topham and Daniel Alameda, who I had a draft podcast with for a short time. And now they're off working for their own like their company like their respective like chargers wire and i can't remember where daniel is working but those are two guys that i'll know and they're gonna make it in the industry and i'll know them so so that's Mm. kind of where like i think cronkite really helped me out but as far as like where i am with the blue wire podcast and like how i grew my social media platforms it wasn't by like it wasn't by the book at all it was kind of outside the box and it was kind of uh a little bit more uh i don't know just not quite the image that they would have wanted me to put out or they were teaching me to put out but i don't really think that they know what a good image is and what it is in 2022 i 
that would be my criticism of Cronkite. But it's a great school, and I'm sure every journalism school kind of suffers from And every school in general, you know, kind of is going to have a blind spot for the most current trends, especially in journalism. But that could be – I could – go on for a whole podcast about that but overall i would i would still say cronkite did a did a pretty good job in, in preparing me for for what i needed to do um i just kind of added my own flair to it i would say that's cool man i i think it's cool what y'all are doing and it's a di- i think different is cool that's my main thing is like i like when people do different things there's no right answer to any of this stuff where i want to see people try stuff experiment and just produce different kinds of content. I just think that's a healthy, uh, healthy atmosphere um, in sports media. It's just you want different. I don't want everyone writing the same. I don't want everyone like I think there is room for the old media style. And like I might want to do that and read. But there's also this. There's also TikTok stars. There's also YouTube stars. There's no right way of doing it. And I think that's uh, that's the important thing. So that was cool. I appreciate uh, you sharing, uh, Theo. That's uh, that's a really cool thing. Um, I have a question though. So, Jimmy G, uh, this is to you, Evan. Uh, we have to. Uh, oh, this, is it? <laughs> this is to you, and I don't know what to do with this because I this was never once something that I thought was going to be on my radar was Jimmy Garoppolo potentially uh, being an Atlanta Falcon at some point in my lifetime. I did not think I would ever have to just address that and like have to think through what that would mean and. Uh, I mean, for you, you were a, a Falcons fan at that point with Marcus Mariota and Jimmy Garoppolo in our quarterback room. Right? I think I think you're just a you're a Falcons guy uh, going forward. But what do you think about that and that report that the Falcons have checked in on uh, on Jimmy Garoppolo? And that is something that's uh, apparently a possibility because the quote uh, the tweet came from um, NFL reporter Matt Lombardo who said, "quote." And he tweeted this one more team, possibly in the Jimmy Garoppolo market from longtime NFL personnel evaluator this morning. Uh, don't be surprised if the Falcons jump in. You aren't going to know about Desmond Ritter for two or three years at best, and they can't afford to wait that long. What do you think, Evan? You know, I feel like the Jimmy Garoppolo news cycle it, like it's like an organism like it's a living breathing organism and it's like like anything that is living and breathing like once it starts to feel that it's about to die or that its life is at risk like mm. the news of jimmy where, where he might go whatever may happen it's coming soon and i feel like just like we're now grasping for air or like a help you know like just like it, the news cycle of Jimmy Garoppolo is coming to an end and it just mm-hmm. it feels like it's just starting to slash and try and find something else like can he potentially be a fit in in Atlanta sure do I think he's an upgrade over Marcus Mariota yeah of course I do although you know I love Marcus uh, go ducks mm-hmm. but do I think it's realistic I don't know I mean you lose Matt Ryan. I think Marcus is very capable of doing what they need to do, which is lose with grace for a year or two. I think he's very capable of doing that. Marcus is a great teammate, great guy, and and just good enough to like keep you in the game right before you lose the elegant tank. Um, but the, you know the Jimmy news, right? They just said like literally thirty minutes ago, uh, John Lynch was or Kyle Shanahan was on the the Tim Kawakami show where he said that. He expects him to show up to camp, but he doesn't expect him to practice. I, re, the reality <laughs> to me is I think they're all just waiting for Jimmy to get healthy, which it sounds like he's back to throwing again. 
and they're going to go, okay, he's, he's good. He's healthy. What's the most we can get. Okay. We want a, a third. Oh, it, we're only going to get a fifth. Okay. I guess we'll take the fifth. And I don't even know if they get that. They might still cut him. Like realistically speaking, Jimmy, he, he doesn't, I think have the trade destinations that are that like you would need a trade like partner to be desperate enough to give up capital. Like, I just don't Hmm. know who at this point is going to give up capital. Logically you go, okay, the 49ers have Jimmy Garoppolo. They absolutely don't want him on the roster come come week one because they want Trey Lance to just do his thing, be his own person, and not have Jimmy in the background getting in the way. So if you're a team that needs a quarterback, you're like, I'll give you a fifth or sixth round pick. If they go, no, we want something more, cool, awesome. Try and keep Jimmy. You are going to cut him one way or another. So, like, I'm – I'm over it. I've been over it for two months, but like I, I am especially over it now. I am happy to know, though, in my heart and soul that it's going to be over soon. What do you think, Theo? I think uh, the Falcons are an interesting destination because like right now, I just don't think there's anywhere that really makes sense. And if I were the 49ers, I'd be like, well, when is Jimmy going to be more valuable right now or once the Sean Watson suspension comes in or once, you know, some starter somewhere, you know, tears his ACL in, in a non-contact injury. And like, then Jimmy Garoppolo all of a sudden is like, yo, that could, that could be a season saving thing for them. So like that to me seems to be like, what makes the most sense is you've got this asset that could become tremendously valuable. If, if in the, you know, musical chairs like someone gets a seat pulled out from under them right like that Mm -hmm. would be and the falcons don't seem to me like they're at that point but i would say they seem like maybe the team with the worst quarterback situation right now so of all the teams right now yeah i i do think they make the most sense i think that you know mariota we've seen mariota play with arthur smith before in tennessee and mariota sucked and he got benched for ryan Tannehill, and like maybe you know, Smith isn't that confident in Mariota because of that. And mm. if Ritter is struggling, they might say, like, you know, maybe we want a, a quarterback. But I don't even know why they would say we want a quarterback right now because the roster is not really a, a contending roster right now. I don't think they That's should being be looking generous. at this. <laughs> right. It's not something that, like, Jimmy Garoppolo does not make this team a playoff team. So it's like, mm. what are we gaining if, if we start Jimmy Garoppolo for the whole season as opposed to – you know, Desmond Ritter, if you don't like Mariota, I, I just don't, I just, well, don't I guess their that. idea is like, we can just build Tennessee 2.0 with the Tannehill spot for Jimmy G. And, but it's like, like you said, they're not close to being that. Like the yeah. Titans were leading that well, division. Chase, before There's you no go AJ. into that, yeah. like, tell no me AJ. this, how many, you, you have, you have, you, you are the biggest Falcons fan that I know. How many uh-huh. team, how many wins do you think respectively they win this year with Mariota as a starter? Okay, so we're saying no Desmond Ritter for the whole year, and it's just yeah, just Mariota. Mariota all year, and you know, just be realistic. Not don't have to go, you know, like six and eleven, okay. maybe. How many? How many? Te- how many wins do you think they have with Jimmy instead of him? Seven or eight. They probably flirt with five hundred. And I think I agree. I think nine is possible if like everything in the world goes right. Nine but- is possible if like Drake London is. Justin Jefferson type where it's just an immediate rookie impact and you have Kyle Pitts and Drake London and that's just a lot for because Kyle Pitts is going to be a monster and I think that much is there but if like Drake London pops immediately 
um, then that probably makes life easier for Jimmy or Marcus Marietta, depending on who that is. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, th- there's a ceiling. There's no double digit win total that's possible with Jimmy, with Mariota, with Ritter, whoever. Like this is a team that will have a losing record. Nine and eight would just be like build a statue for Arthur Smith with this current <laughs> group if he was able to do that. Right. I don't so know. I, I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me to, to to try to like if you're maybe Seattle. I could. Can you stomach that, Evan? Like, can you stomach Jimmy G in Seattle? Do you want to deal with that two two times with Seattle? So, I mean, so what I will say is this. I would love for Jimmy to go to Seattle because I think they're one of the teams where he could at least look good himself. I don't know Mm -hmm. if he'll win games there. I think he can look good. Cleveland's another team where I'm like, you know, Cleveland's, as much as I hate Cleveland as an organization, right, those are the teams you want Jimmy to go to because he can step in and at least look good or serviceable to really be like, okay, next year I have an opportunity to really become the starting quarterback for a team. Like people will want me. Mm. I don't know. I think that he can also do that in Atlanta, but like I worry that Atlanta would be that weird Tannehill situation. Like Mm. you mentioned, right. Where it's like, okay, he comes in and he plays well enough to get a contract but then he's never really good enough or he does similar things like he did in San Francisco where he's like good enough to get you there, but not good enough to finish. Right. And then it's just like this weird, like purgatory. Right. So like, I, you know, I, I, I've said it a bunch of times, but like all the choices that were good for Jimmy died six months ago. Right. Like mm. when, when the season ended, they needed to trade him. They never did. And it's just like things like his circumstances have gotten, about as bad as they can get at this point. So I think his best chance is really just to get get cut. I would love to see him go to like I don't know, like Tampa Bay. Again, well, that's the whole thing, right? Like he could do again. the yeah. Could he do right? the Jameis thing where he has to consider that point where it's like the gap year where you just go learn and understand the body because if you choose wrong, if you're Jimmy and you get cut because we're we're taping this on July 25th. Like something has to happen soon. Like Trey Lance and company are arriving on the scene in a matter of days and you just don't want this looming um, into training camp. Like this is not something you want. Um, So it feels like something has to happen very, very soon. Like before our next podcast, like something has to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo. But like if you're Jimmy, you have to be very, very careful where your next team is because if you go to a bad team and you go – whatever three and 14 and the roster around you sucks and you don't look good and you get banged up again. That's it. Like that's probably the last time any team's going to take a chance on you as a franchise guy who we can maybe get it to super bowl. And like you get the benefit of the doubt until that point. But if you do the Jameis thing and you go to Tampa Bay, like you're saying Theo and you just sit behind Brady for a year or two, or even just a year and learn, you'll probably get another shot. Like if you're Jimmy Garoppolo, just get healthy, mm. be that. And then the narrative is all great where it's like, oh, Jimmy, he, that man has been in two of the last three NFC title games and he chose to learn and not uh, not just take any kind of job. He's waiting for the next right job. Like it's more of a cerebral Jimmy Garoppolo where he's he's picking his spots for his next team. I think there's a lot of value in that if you're Jimmy Garoppolo, but it would, you'd have to swallow some pride. Like there's something about it where he's like, I'm good enough to be one of the 32 starting quarterbacks in this league. I've been to the NFC championship game, two of the last three years. That's real. That's, that's frustrating. So Super I, Bowl. Yeah. I mean, there you go. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like that's a tough pill to swallow. If you're Garoppolo. Yeah. I think Cleveland is the best landing spot for him. Like the way that, that everything is shaping up with the possible Watson suspension. I think like, 
they could still win that division with, I mean, they were in the playoffs with Mayfield and I don't think Mayfield and Jimmy G are like too far off from each mm. other. I, maybe that's a, a hot take. Even Jimmy could be better, but like if they, if they, they've got the offensive line, they've got the running back core, they've got Amari Cooper and they've got a decent defense, I think. So like, that's a spot where he would maybe be able to do both or he would be able to get to a winning situation for him. Um, but he also wouldn't have to swallow his pride and wait a year, although he might have to be out of there probably as soon as the season ends or after six to eight games or however long the suspension takes. But to me, that's the place where, like, logically there's a need. They're a team that could win now with him. And, like, that that to me is where I think I see that this is going. But obviously that would um, – that I, mean, I can't be sure until that's until like a five-man quarterback teams. room because they got Dobbs they got Jacoby Brissett they've got Josh Rosen now you bring in Jimmy Garoppolo that is a crowded crowded quarterback room well if you cut if you cut Dobbs you know <laughs> hold on we're not doing that okay that's a non-starter we're not cutting <laughs> okay. Tennessee legend oh, Josh Tennessee Dobbs. Le- Le- yeah we're okay. not we're not okay. doing that Josh I was gonna Le- say I thought that flew, flew off the tongue pretty quick I was like Theo what are you doing to yeah, well, the, Josh Dobbs is a, he's an angel. He's a legend, and uh, uh, people forget he's an aerospace engineer. Uh, smart guy. People forget you want him in your locker. Right, we cut Rose. We cut Rosen then. Well, we hey, Rosen. you know mm. how about how about this? When he gets cut, I'll help him out and get him a job working on rockets. You know, that's a possibility, Evan. Like, what if one day, like when his NFL career does end, you just you walk into the office one day and you're like. Is that Josh Dobbs? Is is that Josh Dobbs? Like that's a possibility, I, hey, man. I'll I'll be the one that hires him. So yeah, I don't I'll dumb down. There you go. Bringing people together. Josh Dobbs, Evan <laughs> yeah. Swords, the Chase Thomas Podcast connection out there in California. I like it. Um I think I think the two dark horse those for him, and we'll end it on this, that I've been thinking more about this week. Cause I was like, I don't the Falcon stuff does not make any sense to me. And I had to just Something has to happen. The two that pop for me the most as of right now is New York, the Jets. Okay. You have the solid con- connection. You have um, the LaFleur connection. You have a defense that's ready to win now. You have offensive skill players everywhere. If Zach's bad, you have you don't have like a jo- Joe Flacco thing where the season's just kind of over if that's your your backup. And they should have had Flacco in the building all of last year. That was a huge mistake in New York where they did not have a vet for Zach Wilson uh, for the majority of the season. That was something that I'm sure if they could do it all over again, Joe Douglas would have yeah. ensured that there was a vet with him um, and not just Mike White. Like that was just not something you do for any young quarterback. Um, but you bring in a Garoppolo where it's like, hey, like we're not saying this is the starter. He's rehabbing and everything else. But it also would be a hard learning curve for him um, making that adjustment from San Francisco to New York. So it's like if Zach's bad for like 10 weeks or whatever. I mean, you have Jimmy Garoppolo right there where this roster is starting to get good enough where there can't be any excuses. And you, it's it it might sound crazy that a second year quarterback gets the plug pulled but we've seen it like we've seen this before um it happened to josh rose in arizona it's happened to quarterbacks more it will continue happening uh to more and more quarterbacks uh in the not too distant future so i think it's just a tough business for these guys um but i think that's a reality and then philly where i think they have a case to have the best offensive and defensive line combination in football where it's like jalen hurts you're our guy we love you aj brown's in the building uh you have Devonte smith you have a great running game you have a great uh you have great playmakers on both sides of the ball. That seems like a team ready to win now. And if you don't know what you like, if Jalen Hurts is the guy to get you there, that's a winnable division. So if you're thinking you could be the Niners of last year, where you're like, 
Jimmy Garoppolo might get us the division win and then get the come playoff time. Anything can happen. Like, I think he actually makes a lot of sense on both the, both those picks. What do you think, Theo? I think that those seem like, like next off season move to hmm. moves to make instead of maybe mid season moves to make, especially with Zach Wilson, just because like, I don't know, like, because we would have to talk about when is the trade deadline? Is that week eight, week nine? Mm. So when would you be making that move? Would it be like early or like, would you just punt on, on Wilson right away? If it's after four weeks, is it right at the deadline at week eight? And if we assume that Zach Wilson is bad, the team is going to be like, you know, two and two and five, two and six, mm. something like that. And maybe you just are like, well, we'll deal with this next off season and, and get the highest pick possible or, or, you know, get, get the younger guys some run at least and see if he can turn the ship around. So I think like before the season, that trade doesn't make sense to me. And, and mid season, assuming that Zach Wilson is bad, I would assume that means the jets are bad. Uh, I think you'd have to, if there was a world where the jets were like good and Zach Wilson was still like brutally underperforming, like that, that would be kind of a weird scenario. And I guess it's one that the 49ers have kind of seen with Jimmy Garoppolo in the past. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, I don't know. I think that could be some, a, a situation that makes for him, sense for him maybe next offseason where they're like, we need a quarterback plan because we realize that Zach Wilson or, or Jalen Hurts is in it. Um, we can't trade for – we can't go with a mega trade for Kyler anymore. We can't go with a mega trade for Lamar anymore. Like, what can we do? I think, like, next offseason, those teams make sense. But, like, between now and the trade deadline, I, I don't know if I see those stars quite aligning. But next offseason, maybe. Mm. That's Evan, what, what do you say. think? I mean, I just, I don't know, man. You're I so just... over Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> stuff. You're so over this. You want to move on so bad. It's not that I want to move on. It's just like n- none of these scenarios really make any actual sense to me. And I don't want to see him be a backup. Because I don't think he's a backup. I think he's Mm. a much better backup. That's my big issue has always been that the 49ers, whether it was their fault or not, (laughs) waited too long to try and trade him. And now we have people like Carson Wentz playing for the commanders. You know, like we have we have inexperienced, bad (laughs) quarterbacks taking good, hardworking American jobs. And I'm, I'm sick of it. No, I, I just it, you know it's like there's so many jobs that Jimmy could have been the starter mm-hmm. three months ago. Like if they, you know what I'm saying. Like even with the surgery or the injury, like the, you know healing all of the above, like he could have been in a better position. But now it's like he's like, you know, begging for scraps. And I just, I it's he will be traded in the next month. Mm. to maybe a month and a half. And when that happens, I will pop a bottle of champagne, celebrate that he has a new opportunity and move on. Uh, And by the way, I don't think that the idea of trading for Kyler is necessarily out yet. Hmm. (laughs) I think Kyler is, I mean, we'll we'll get get to Kyler in a second because I, I think we all have takes on the Kyler situation, (laughs) um, which is just taking a bad boy. Um, let's just get into Kyler. We we should just talk about Kyler Murray. Um, so he got a crazy long term extension. Uh, 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 I guess how many days ago now? Everything is a blur. Um, like but a Kyler Murray, uh, 
Six, yeah, was that a week? Six days yeah. ago? Was it last week? It feels like it could have been last week. It wasn't I mean, on the pod it feels last like Monday. It was two so it days ago. Yeah, but like yeah, yeah, time is starting to fly. Um, he is now. Uh, it came out today by Mark, uh, Mark, uh, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk. Uh, a certain portion of this contract, which I'm going to go ahead and guess, his camp and the Arizona Cardinals did not like that this got out um, publicly. Uh, just before the start of the regular season where um, essentially Kyler, part of his contract is he is, he has to do four hours of study hall on his own time every day. Like this is unprecedented. And obviously Jamarcus Russell was trending uh, when this came out uh, because there was that infamous, infamous story about him and the, the videotape where they gave him the fake uh, video just just to see if he actually would watch it. Um, now with Kyler though, uh, this is like the worst fear if you're a Cardinals fan, right? Like this is cause like on one hand, like Bucky Brooks, a uh, friend of the program, he made the point of like, Hey, on one hand, like this is you being straight with him of like, Hey, this is in the contract. This has been a problem. We're addressing this. You know, that this is a thing that we're expecting out of you. You're assigning your name to this. This is something you have to do. And it's just not like dancing around like, hey, please take care of your business. We're paying you all this money. They're at least being straight about it of like, we're giving you a lot of money to be our quarterback for the foreseeable future. And um, we need you to to watch a lot of film. That is that is what we need. Well, it's not even four hours. It's not four hours a day. It's four hours a week. It's not that much film. Is oh, thing. is it four hours a week? I thought it was four, four hours a day. No, it's four hours a week. Oh, okay. My bad. Which is even funnier in my mind. That's worse. Like, yeah. I yeah, probably wa- I probably watch four hours a week, like just for fun. <laughs> He's an NFL yeah. quarterback. Like, why do you need to even like say that? So I don't know. I don't know who that like, I don't know how that got out. I don't know if like the contract is public somewhere or and someone just found it like funny and, and sent it to rap, but I, I I think it's just a hilarious like little stipulation to put in there because it's like, was he really just not <laughs> Not even putting in the four hours. He just like that's what it implies, right? You're not putting right. that in the contract unless he is not putting in the time. And there was that quote from the 2021 New York Times piece uh, with him. Have y'all seen that of him saying he doesn't really need to watch film because he sees it? What um, I got to pull <laughs> up the exact quote here. It's top notch. But um, what do you think, Evan? I feel like you're you have some you have some thoughts. I mean, it's just. It's the saddest thing I've heard in quite some time because not only has Kyler Murray just been considered to be hard to work with or have a bad attitude or be cocky, but like, you know, I think the reason why I'm on this podcast is to say the things that other people aren't going to say. And so I'm going to really take advantage of that here. He looks like a child. He's small. He's small like a child. And now oh, we're giving no. him we're giving we're giving him homework like a child. He is actually being treated like the kid that he looks like. I mean, I got to say, as a guy who has never in his life done homework and never been good <laughs> in school, like. I just think it's absolutely hilarious that me and a man who makes $230 million over the course of five years have something in common. Homework? Absolutely not. I will not be doing that. I don't care. I'm going to go out and I'm going to just wing it and I'm going to be really good at it. And I think if that's Kyler's vibe, I mean, it got him this far while being five foot eight. I mean, like, I got to say it's hilarious. It, it to me, it screams 
we don't want you, but there's no logical way that we can get away with just letting you run the contract. We've probably talked to teams behind the closed doors and no one wants to trade for what you're worth. So we really need to just give you this contract, but we're going to make the contract written out such a way that you'll be the bad guy and we can fine you for not doing homework, which we've never done to any other football player. I mean, like seriously, either one of you, has any other football player ever had this addendum in their contract? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Because it's never been announced. It's never been announced. So I'm wondering if it's, if it's not a rare thing. And just because Kyler has had these concerns in the past, they're like, this is notable, but I, I do wonder. And I also wonder how it'll be enforced. Like, yeah, like straight up, it will. What if Kyler doesn't study the four hours a week at home? I get, maybe is there like an app that they're gonna like track his progress, like Schoology or or something? Well, I think I saw I like something with the like. iPad. I think it's related to the iPad. So I think he'll probably have to do the film study. My guess, based on the reading of it, is that like there's gonna be like a team provided iPad for him to study on, and they can see if he puts in four hours. Well, there is so. Go. Yeah. Well, well, and it, someone helped me on that, though. There was a story, and it might have been 49ers related way back in the day, where they actually can review how much you're reading on your tablet, and it yeah. like, tells you how much time you spend on that. And it was like a player where they were like, oh, he spends so much time on this tablet. And someone was like, yeah, he probably just leaves it unlocked <laughs> while he plays 2K. Well, that's the other thing about the contract is, like, there can't be any TV on or video games. So mm-hmm. I wonder if it's going to be like – because. We've got the lockdown browser in college where to Mm. like for online classes, right? You have your laptop and you have to like swivel your your laptop around your room to like show your entire surroundings. And like there's no sticky notes on your wall. There's no sticky note. The TV's not on like with your friend FaceTiming you. Like is he going to have to do that every time? Because that's just (laughs) – it's it's very funny. It's a very funny thing. And it it reminds me a little bit of – it reminds me of Brett Favre, who mm. like didn't know who what cover two was until like he was like four years into yeah. the league, and that or he didn't know what a nickel defense was. He was like, because uh, the story goes, he was in like some film study, and and they were talking about like what the, what they're gonna do against nickel, and he didn't know, and he leaned over to his backup, <laughs> and he said, "What's a nickel defense?" And the, the back. I mean, it worked out for him. Couldn't couldn't believe he didn't know what that yeah. was. He was just like, just take out a linebacker and put on a defensive back. He's like, that's it. Yeah. So far, man, far won three straight MVPs. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he is good, just good enough. And that is kind of Kyler's game is just like run around and make a big play. So, you know, even if it is only four hours of study a week, I guess he's good enough to be a pretty good quarterback either way. Um, my concern about the Cardinals isn't Kyler. It's, it's the front office in general. I think that they – are a sneakily horrible, horribly run organization. And mm, it's I, not I, a secret. It's not a secret. It's not a secret. But I think like the average person will look at like, oh, the Cardinals haven't been that bad over the past couple of years. But it's like, dude, they have drafted one in the Kingsbury era, they drafted one lineman before day three and he sucks. And they've been <laughs> drafting like linebackers on linebackers on linebackers mm-hmm. and trading for Hollywood Brown on a expiring contract and extending cliff kingsbury and and time until 2027 when they don't deserve it it's like this is all going to come crashing down around them and i think like kyler is maybe set up to be get most of the blame for that and be like oh you can't win with kyler on a long-term contract i think there's a world where you can but i don't think 
Arizona is that world. I think like they couldn't win much with Kyler on a on a rookie deal. I I don't think that this this staff and this front office is smart enough to to win with Kyler on an expensive deal. But I guess the solution to that is fire the staff. But they just gave they just all got extensions until twenty twenty seven. So yeah, I mean, the, the, like the the GMs collecting DUIs. There's been drama with this. Like. I, all I'll say is this, like as much as I joke, as a 49ers fan, I'm ecstatic. When I saw Kyler Murray playing in his rookie year, I was terrified. I'm like, it's, oh my God, it's Russell Wilson again. They, mm-hmm. How yeah. how is there another <laughs> tiny little man sprinting around the field just destroying these defenses? And I was so like genuinely like, oh, this is going to be a nightmare to deal with for another decade. Mm. And Russell Wilson is now in Denver and Kyler Murray is being like attacked with homework by his own team. (laughs) Like his mom is like making him clean his room every night and take photos to show that he did it. And so it's like, there's no, I like, I don't know about you guys, but to like kind of wrap this up, there is no world I think where Kyler Murray and Arizona stay and work this out together. Like this will end in like a breakup of some sort. And so as a Niners fan, I'm like, okay, Matt Stafford is not old, but, He's definitely coming towards the end of his career, however long that may be. Russell Wilson's gone. Kyler Murray probably doesn't last for another than more than two years. Trey, if Trey Lance is good, man, watch you out. Think he will be. I do. You're a Lance fan. I I, I do think he's gonna be good, but I also think that like like he's gonna be like he's gonna be such a in such a comfortable situation. He's gonna have some of the best like you know, skill position players in the NFL with one of the easiest defense or offenses to be successful in heavy run game, incredible defensive line. So he's staying there, you know, they're staying off the field, things like that. Like Trey Lance is going to like the bare minimum that he's going to be asked to do will be so, so enough. And then from there, whatever he builds on top of that, we'll see where his ceiling is. But like, all he's got to do is be better than Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Find me somebody who glows and lights up the way Evan does when talking about what Trey Lance is going to look like this fall. It's not even I him, though. It's just the whole me. team. Yeah. Go ahead. I think, Go Trey ahead Lance, I, think, I think Trey Lance is also going to be incredible. I was just wondering. He's a weirdly decisive player, and some people really don't like him, which I, I truly do not understand. Um, and, and they're concerned about his future because he couldn't beat out Garoppolo this year. But it's like that was never, ever, ever going to happen no matter what. Like, I don't know. I think I think Lance is going to be. I was just wondering if you were because on 49ers Twitter, there's a whole like Grant Cohen versus <laughs> the other guy like battle that's happening all the time that I always see on 49ers Twitter. And it's like yeah. there's there seems to be like Garoppolo versus Lance Wars all the time. And I just wanted to see you. Uh, I mean, you know, is, a, is a battlefield it's an, and Evan is, is the entire. king of this battlefield. That's Evan's forte. I mean, I am, I, I will say I, I have done a very good job of, of never taking anything seriously and never taking anyone seriously. Uh, Grant, Grant Cohn, who we have followed each other for many years. Uh, but I will say post that uh, Jayvon Ken lost up. Grant's a clown. This should not be respected in any way, shape, or form. I'll never, I'll never get over how that. Uh, but no, I, you know, it, it it is only 49ers Twitter, and it, it is only the 49ers and their never-ending drama and the Jimmy Garoppolo saga. Like there is no other world 
where someone like Trey Lance, as as electric as he was in college, as talented as he looks from an intangible perspective, just athletically, just you know, six five, two twenty eight, what like all the above. Like if he went to any other team, it would just be like, oh, he's the next next great thing coming. But it's because he goes to the 49ers where Kyle is constantly beefing with his team, with his players and Jimmy, who he hated, but refused to get rid of like a toxic relationship. Like it is only like this is like the perfect storm of like people being like, well, yeah, it absolutely makes a lot of sense why you would like, you know, sit Trey for a year. But why would you sit him? He must suck. Like everyone collectively knows that it was the right thing to do, and they all will still go. Well, is he not good enough? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. I think that's 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 a good the right answer. But yes, it's a very funny place. 49ers Twitter. It's a, out. It's a, it's a silly place. <laughs> it is a silly. This is a silly place. But anyway, I have the quote for you. We'll put a bow on the Kyler Murray conversation. This is from the New York Times in 2021. Quote: I think I was blessed with the cognitive skills to just go out there and just see it before it happens murray said (laughs) i'm not one of those guys that's going to sit there and kill myself watching film i don't sit there for 24 hours and break down this team and that team and watch every game because in my head i see so much you know he's confident he's confident uh but i mean yeah i think that um there's a lot of different ways to read into that. I would give it the rose. I mean, it hasn't totally backfired on him so far, but yeah, I mean, the more the playoff failures and, you know, you got to get past the first round. Like the, the, if Mahomes said that, I'd be like, yeah, he's right. You know, yeah. Kyler's not quite at that, uh, quite at that level where he can just be like, oh yeah, I'm good enough to just not put in that much effort. Like he is, that one kind of rings a little bit like, yeah, really? Well, really, yeah. Kyler, you're that good? Because he's, he's good, but he's not. I think I think a guy. So I look at myself, and and I, I'll be a little serious here. But I look at myself, and I'm aggressively ADHD. Like gun to my head, I'm not going to be able to read a textbook. Like I'm the kind of person that would try and read for homework, and like yeah. I would read the line like five times, and I would like I would be reading for like thirty seconds and realize that literally I haven't like paid attention to a single word and i just like my brain just went on autopilot Mm. and so like i understand being in a position where you're like this is just not something i can be successful in. i can't sit down and do this so i'm gonna just do my best where in the ways that i can right like i think i'm you know fairly good at doing things in in obtuse or different or whatever ways and so like if kyler murray is going i hate film I can't mm. stand it. I like I it, like my brain doesn't work that way. Like because I can understand that. And if he's like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna train harder than everyone. I'm gonna throw passes. You know, I'm gonna throw a thousand balls a day. I'm gonna work extra hours with my players. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm gonna do all of these things because I can't do that. Sure, sure. But if you're just like me and you're like, I'm just going to take whatever life gives me at the way it gives me because I don't want to put that extra effort in. Mm-hmm. You're making $260 million, $230 million. You don't get to do that, Kyler. So we'll right. see. Time will tell. Well, it's just also like one of those things. Peyton's not going to say it. That's not like Tom Brady. Like the long the guys who have longevity, Russell Wilson. I mean, you go up and down the list. I just don't think that 
the guys who are great at this sport or any of their craft for years and years. LeBron's watching film. Kobe watched film. for Like, it's just, if you want to get better, like, no one's doubting Kyler's talent. That was never, never an issue. The talent is clear. It's just like those little things matter in terms of you being in this league five years or 20 years. Like, those... Yeah. Those are the difference, and I, I hope he figures it out because he is a fun player to watch, and he is a different kind of player to watch. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm pretty concerned on where this goes. I well, would not. I'd be pretty terrified if I'm a Cardinals fan right now. Who, who do you? If it was, and also like, who do you have in your corner? Like, if you're yeah. the most athletically talented individual and you're able to like play baseball and play football be a first round pick overall first overall pick in the NFL while also the MLB wants you while also like, you know, as much as we joke being five, eight, like that's really a detriment in the NFL. And then Mm. still to be the number one overall pick, like, you know, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but maybe this guy is just like, you know, I've been, I've been heating, you know, I've been on fire for 15 years and like, you're not going to start telling me now to play film, watch film. Like, right. you know, is that like, I don't think that's a good thing, but maybe he's just like, dog, like I've never done it. And I mm. am, I've always been the best. And to his point, he did come in and kill it. You know, he's played really well. So we'll see. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. I think like right now, I, I, it'll be interesting to see how he ages, I suppose, because mm. like eventually the athletic gifts will, will start to fail him a little bit. You got to. You kind of got to win with your mind a little bit more. I I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be too concerned about it, like going into next year, because they'll be watching four hours a week now. And uh, <laughs> yeah, he's locked in. <laughs> he's locked in. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how his game kind of ages. Um, and and we'll see about like winning just purely purely with his mind, like if it starts to affect him then. But we'll no see. D- I mean, I no D hop either. Yeah, no D hop for a minute. I don't think the Cardinals will be all that good next year, but. Yeah, I agree with what your original point is. Like, maybe he won't be around for the entire duration of that contract. Maybe he's the next, like, big quarterback trade that we see. Um, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility still. I I agree. I had him – I thought he wouldn't get a deal done and they would trade him to, like, the Eagles or something after the season or the Lions. That's kind of where my head was at. But, uh, you know, and once the the contract got signed, I'm still not totally – I mean, it happened with Goff, right? Goff signed a big mega deal and got traded in the middle of it. So we'll see if I, – I, I agree that, that Kyler could could do the same thing. But yep. yeah. We shall see. Uh, Evan, of all the throwback uniforms that have come back this year, the new helmets that we have on the docket, who is your favorite? I mean, I don't know if I'll say, like, who my favorite is, but I think more, more so the thing that I'm interested in is, like, all of the throwback helmets – outside of the Chicago bears have been pretty good and everyone hates them. I have, I've seen nothing but negativity about like the Falcons helmet. No, wait, what? Who doesn't like the Falcons red? What? No, the black, the, what was with the, what are you talking about? We have the red one. We're rocking the red one with the black unis. The red helmet helmet that just came out. Oh, that was the Cardinals. Was that the, okay. Yeah. A bunch of, yeah. It was Cardinals, Jets and Eagles maybe. Yeah. yeah. But like they're all fine. Like the Cardinals one black with, you know, like it's fine. And everyone was like, Oh, it's boring. (laughs) That's what it's like. I just don't understand like how people can be this emotionally invested. Like I think as long as it doesn't look like the Chicago bears, like by the way, in case anybody's wondering, let's one more time talk for the crowd. Uh, the Chicago bears hate Justin field and their, 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 their jerseys are terrible. Their team is terrible. The GM is <laughs> terrible. It is. We need to get Justin out of there. Mm-hmm. 
that those uniforms are terrible the orange and they don't match it's like that's the worst part is the orange on top of orange it that whole thing is just an albatross and they're trying to you know what they're doing people are saying the dome stadium uh, that came out this week, that idea that's pushed, it's to distract us from the real problem, which is those orange helmets and orange uniforms. People forget. The truth is out there. I'm a Packer fan. We need all the other NFC North teams in a dome, and then they all get soft, and they have <laughs> Wait, how did that work? Yeah, You're back. from Minnesota. How did you end up a Packers fan? Uh, my whole family is originally from Wisconsin. Okay. And then and then my parents, my parents, both my parents grew up huge Packer fans. And then after college, they moved to Minnesota, but grew up in a Packers house. But yeah, I think I like all the throwback ones for sure. Yeah. The giant, the giants, they moved back to what mm-hmm. they used to be. Um, the Falcons, they did the, the Cowboys are bringing back their old mm-hmm. ones. And there was one other team. I can't remember which one, but I like all the those. Giants. I would say, I think I said the giants. Oh yeah. Giants, Falcons, Cowboys, Cowboys. Don't the Patriots, the Patriots. Too? Patriots. Yes. yes the, the Patriots. Patriots. I love all of those. I love throwback uniforms. I think every throwback uniform looks better than every like base uniform. Yeah. Um, but I do think like with the alternates, I think that like just the sheer amount of like all black helmets that we've seen, I'm like, all right, guys, we can. <laughs> we saw the blackout trend. Right. Like every college football team five years ago had their blackout yeah. uniform trend. I've seen this all before. I you can have you have all the creative freedom in the world to design any helmet you want. And mm. all all of these teams have come up with is blackout, and it's like I get it. It's safe. It looks pretty cool. But mm. I'd like to see some teams take some bigger swings with like some yeah. maybe messing with the the helmet stripes or messing with some like alternate logos and colors. I think that could be really cool. Mm. Um, I haven't seen any teams do anything like that yet. And uh, once they do that, I'll I'll be impressed. Um, yeah, I think they're all fine. I think they're all fine. I don't think any of them are going to be ugly. I think, like, especially the Bengals, they wore that all-white uh, uniform with the orange helmets. I'm like, ah, that, those orange helmets don't really match the rest. Same with the Cardinals. They wear the all-black with the with the white helmets. It's like, ah, I wish those could be black. So I like those two, but overall, I, I wish that some of these alternate helmets were a little bit more uh, – a little bit more outside of the box than yeah. just the blackout uniforms because every team is the Panthers, the Eagles, the right. Jets. So, But they're not bad. And as an old man, I'm going to very much loathe uh, looking at my TV and being like, who am I watching today? Like who? I don't. Right. It's not distinctive. The the commanders have an all black. The Panthers have an all black. Oh, that one's not good. The Jets have an all black. You know, then there's just the straight up like teams that wear black, like the Mm. the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I will say and like it's hard for me because my favorite colors red and then I love black and red together. So like mm-hmm. any team with black and red, I'm like, Oh, that looks great. I don't care. It doesn't matter what it right. looks like. But like on that note, it's sad that the Houston Texans are a terrible organization that are horrible people and uh, have done horrible <laughs> things. Cause those helmets look awesome. Those are, I'm glad we're on the same those, page there. No one yeah. talked about those. I think those are clean. Like those They're are better than nice. the original, like significantly better. Um, it's unfortunate they won't uh, lead to any wins this fall. I think uh, it's going to be another rough year. Uh, but also, shout out to our guy, John Mechie. Uh, get well soon, man. Uh, I mean, but the one thing I will say, I don't know if this is a little bit outside of the box, but like mm. Bears, Bengals, Cardinals, Commanders, Cowboys, Eagles, Jets, Panthers, Saints, Texans, like th- those alternative helmets mm. are all teams that I expect to do worse, bad, worse this year than I think most people expect to. 
Hmm. I think they all have pretty terrible years compared to what they're expected to do outside of the Bengals. Can we roll out that they did that intentionally where the whole funeral aspect to this? Yeah, where it's like the the black helmets signify their their dark season that uh, lies before them. I like it. Um, Well, Theo, does it matter if the Patriots don't name coordinators on both sides of the ball this year? Does that change how you look at where they can go this year? Does that concern you? Does it move the needle at all? I don't know, man. I think it's interesting. I think it could. It's definitely something that I've looked at and been like, damn, really? But, uh, you know, I've never been in an NFL locker room. I don't quite know exactly what the the role of, of the, the coordinators have been in the past. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that it's not just Belichick doing every, like, everything himself, even though he is, you know, the guy who's there. You go look on the sideline of an NFL game, there's 50 coaches there. So it's mm-hmm. like, Maybe the, there's a passing game coordinator, there's a running game coordinator, there's a you know an offensive line coach and a defensive line. So it's like there's still I think enough brains in a building to be you know to to put together a, a scheme and to, to mm-hmm. call plays. So I'm interested in it. I'm interested to see where it goes. But it's not like it's not like Belichick all of a sudden is going to have maybe his role has expanded a little bit. But it's not like all of a sudden he's got no one who's going to handle the offense besides him. And no one who's going to handle the defense besides him. Um, it's just going to be, you know, the the assistants to the assistant are, are going to be a little bit more prominent. And I don't know what to think about that. Maybe it'll work out. Maybe it won't. But it doesn't really – it didn't factor into how I feel about the Patriots. It's not going to factor into my record prediction. It's just, I think, an interesting way of doing things. And we'll see. I'm sure they have a reason for it. And um, the Patriots were in the playoffs last year. Uh, took a one-year turnaround uh, with all their players opting out in the COVID year, and then they were right back in the playoffs. Belichick has obviously won, what, eight rings, nine rings, something like that in his career as a coach. Um, Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that he doesn't know what he's doing. That's a little bit of appeal to authority, but I'm not going to say I know more about putting a coaching staff together. It's outside of the box for sure, but to me, I still have faith in the Patriots to to be – well coached and to be well coordinated even without coordinators well it's like it's one of those things where it's if it was any other coach like if evan if it was the niners and and kyle was like yeah we're i i I, d'amico ryan's whoever like i i don't know i don't know i'm not really you you do understand that the niners literally do this right no kyle's calling plays there's no question kyle is the oc that, that's uh, well, thing. no, but like Mike Daniel was the OC or, you know, Mike McDaniel was the offensive coordinator in name only. Well, like, no, what I'm saying, like, this is different. This is him saying, I still don't have any idea who's calling plays. We'll figure it out down the road. Like, it could be Joe Judge one week. It could be Matt Patricia. You knew Kyle Judge, Shanahan. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll care a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I mean, I my point is like, yeah, that's what he's saying, but it is Bill Belichick. You think Bill Belichick doesn't know? I just think Bill Belichick doesn't want to give the information out and he doesn't have to announce it yet. Bill Belichick knows what he's doing, man. Like Kyle's like, yeah, you know, this person's the offensive coordinator. I'm calling plays like Mm -hmm. it's coaches are coaches, man. They're always trying to get that leg up that doesn't exist in the first place. So I'm not really worried about it. I just we don't see this often like guys in college, like you can go through stuff where it's like, this guy was a defensive line coach here and then he was an offensive assistant here and then he was a tight ends coach there and then he was a defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator. We have never seen this happen while folks are in the NFL. We're like, you go from Matt Patricia, D- longtime DC, to 
he's our new offensive whiz and is our offensive coordinator in new england you're like wait what like that's just not or like joe judge special teams coordinator to offensive coordinator you just don't that you just don't see that in the nfl like it's just a very different thing mm-hmm. and i feel like belichick like Theo said and uh evan said it was just that like he deserves the benefit of the doubt. Other coaches do what they do. And if there was ever going to be a coach who operate under this way, it would, it would be Belichick. I just, I am very, very fascinated to see how this works because eventually he's going to have to make decisions. Like this is not something where he can just kick the can down the road. It will have to come out who is calling plays, how this is going, who is developing Mac Jones, who is doing this, like that has to come out. But I'm, I'm very curious to see, see how that all ends um we'll end on this nfl plus is here uh this is an exciting time i think uh, i got my email today uh because that is now part of uh it, it was game pass which i don't think any nfl and theo you as a film guy i don't think yeah. enjoyed the game pass experience um it was tough software to use that you never stayed logged in on that would drive me nuts. I don't know how many times I've logged into NFL game pass to no avail. Uh, yeah, I've logged, I've logged into, I got a VPN and mm-hmm. I do it from the international version. I say that I'm in Germany or Singapore or something. Okay. And I try to log in the game pass that Germany gets is quite literally 1 billion times better than really than this game pass. So that's what I'll, I've always been doing. And it's like legitimately like a great product. Which is hilarious because, like, American Game Pass is terrible. Made me, it's it's legitimately the worst thing that a major company has ever released. So, but like, International Game Pass rocks. So we'll see. I'm, a, I'm I hope that they actually don't take away International Game Pass <laughs> and I can continue to just do that as normal. But um, yeah, we'll see. I, I I don't I haven't even been paying attention to what they've been doing uh, for for the American version because I've just been. Well, you want to check out an email today, Theo. You might have got a welcome back to okay. NFL Plus email uh, somewhere in the archives, but that's oh, coming. So, NFL Plus is a thing, and then we've got um, just where that's going. I think it's just it's basically going to be. Uh, what game pass was but here's the there's two different features there's premium features and pricing which is nine dollars a month uh all nfl plus features along full game replays across devices ad free condensed game replays across devices and coaches film ad free and then the the cheaper one which i don't really know why you would do nfl five bucks a month no coaches film no condensed replays that sort of thing so um there's that but Hey, uh, everything's moving to NFL Plus or streaming services. So uh, Google, I saw, put in uh, a bid for uh, Sunday Ticket. Um, We'll see. It Basically, we just know it's either going to be Apple, Google, or one of the big streamers, Amazon. I'd bet it's Apple. Really? I would love that. Apple TV, give it to me. Yep, well, that'd be interesting because that means Apple TV would have a huge, huge market of both MLS because guess like I don't know if a lot of folks know this nationally, but MLS is all going to be on Apple TV in the next two years. I think it's 2025 is when it starts where all MLS games on Wednesday and set like they're changing up their schedule, which is fantastic. They're just doing Wednesday and Saturday each week. Um, wow. So it's appointment television. You know when they're on. That sort of thing, but it's all games, no blackout restrictions on Apple Plus. So that's a huge investment in the sports market if they get NFL and MLS. I and MLB. Just, They've just yeah. brought in night baseball. I was just out in LA promoting that for them, actually. I don't know why it was me, but they I, did. But yeah, they, they've been making big moves in the sports world, so I think it'll be them. Oh, that's awesome. I don't know 
the only thing that really bothers me is like as a guy that's forever is that has never once in his entire life logged off Twitter, like (laughs) watching, watching an NFL game on a stream delay is really not fun. Mm -hmm. You know, you got a two minute delay when you're on Twitter and like it's in people are talking about it in real, real time. I'm wondering, like, like I'm wondering, I don't know, but I'm hoping that there's like a solution to this. Like, because I'm still at the point where I like going to a bar and watching the game just because I want to make sure that I'm watching it in real time. You know, yeah. I watch it at home on my TV and it's streaming because I, you know, it's 2022. I'm not getting cable. Like, I, you know, I don't want that delay. So I wonder how that's going to. Well, this is the one mess with this is bar watching for NFL Sunday ticket super fans. Like, I cannot wait for the first weekend of bartenders being tasked with handling the smart TVs and making sure Apple TV is loaded up and they got the right games on which one. Oh my God. And that's a good point though. That's a good point though. Is that like if NFL Sunday ticket goes to only streaming, Mm. right. If it's not available on most like cable sports, like, no, it's gone. Like that's it. Like this is, yeah, we're moving on from that. Yeah. If that is the case, it'll be interesting though. So Theo, I think I this think year, you, you're okay this year, Evan. Like you got this year, and I think next year is when it uh, when it flips. But yeah. So, but like Theo, I know I know you got to get head off soon. So, um, really, all all in general, like how how can everybody come find you? How can everybody like see where you're at? Like obviously, you've got like 16 different forms of content. And they're all fanta- fantastic. You can find me on Twitter and TikTok on kind of my personal stuff at Theo Ash NFL. And then I also work with my two co-hosts over on Stay Hot, which is affiliated with Blue Wire. So Stay Hot Pod on Twitter. I think it's just Stay Hot on TikTok. And then wherever you get your podcasts, the Stay Hot Podcast on Spotify and Apple. And I think that covers all my all my bases. You can follow my personal Instagram where I pick, post pictures of like myself uh, on, at Theo <laughs> underscore like ass or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but that's not content. Yeah. But if you want to like see the fit takes or whatever, uh, yeah, that's where that's where I'm at. Absolutely, the what takes the fit <laughs> the takes fit picks. fit fit picks. Like, oh, what got I, you. You know, whatever, whatever. Yeah, the, all the the kids will understand. Yeah, uh, <laughs> chase one. <laughs> No, I just I did, see. I didn't even understand what I was like. Did he miss me? What is a fit pick? Um, there you uh, go, Theo. This has been a blast. Thank you so much for making time uh, to come on this program. Evan and I greatly appreciate it. Um, go keep up with Theo and all the great uh, content and work that he and the team over at Stay Hot are producing each and every week on Blue Wire Pod Network. Evan, follow him on Twitter at Evan Swords. And uh, yeah, thank you as always, guys. And I will talk to you next week, Evan. All right. Goodbye, everyone. All right. All right, y'all. That'll do it for the Tuesday, July 26th, 2022 edition here on the Chase Homes Podcast. Thank you again to Theo Ash and Evan Swords for coming on uh, the Tuesday edition of the program. I greatly appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoyed our conversation and uh, make sure to keep up with Evan and Theo on their, all our social media channels and all that good stuff. Uh, if you enjoyed today's episode, please, please, please make sure that you leave this show a five star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or however you get your podcast helps other people find the show and it helps this very show continue to grow. So go ahead and do that today. If you can, uh, I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, new episode come tomorrow. Yeah. 
daily programming uh, here on the Chase Emmons Podcast. So all kinds of great sports content coming your way here on the Chase Emmons Podcast presented by Blue Wire Pods. So go do that. Check that out. Subscribe to the Stay Hot on Blue Wire as well. And uh, yeah, there you go. All right. New episode tomorrow. Uncle Derek, how to do? Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.